0: Good morning, everyone. It is, uh, it is a privilege and an honor to get to share the Word of God with you this morning. Um, I, will, I will be polite because my mom's probably watching. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> and I'll have to pay for anything that I say. So, as means of a recap, um, over the last two weeks, we've been going through deepening our intimacy with God through Tending Your Heart, We've also learned about partnership and unity in the body, and all of this is rooted in the desire for us to see God's purposes fulfilled in our generation. So this morning, it is an honor and something that's really exciting for me to get to journey with you along the way as we talk about prayer and allow the Word of God to teach us about prayer. And right from the beginning, I have to acknowledge that prayer is a broad topic. There are many different types of prayer. There are many different expressions of prayer. And that's great, and it's wonderful, because that means that there's something for everyone in every situation and in every season. Having acknowledged the breath that is prayer, I also have to acknowledge and recognize that The goal for today is not to unpack every expression of prayer and every type of prayer. Rather, the goal for today is for us to reaffirm the importance and the value of prayer in all its forms and in every situation, to stir up a hunger for a personal and corporate life that is rooted in prayer, and to affirm that prayer is personal so it will look different for each of us, and that's okay. So I'd like to start by making a confession. The idea and the experience of prayer is not something that I've always enjoyed. It actually used to put me off a little bit. See, I grew up in a church growing family, and um, at the tender age of eight, and there's a picture that will be projected so you have a visual, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Bless my mom's heart. She's smiling politely and gently. And I'm grinning because I was always stirring up some trouble. But thankfully, you know, that grin was buried in the baptismal waters, and it doesn't come out anymore. But anyway, so that's that's eight-year-old me. So you you can tell that a lot's happening there. So at the tender age of eight, I decided uh, this prayer thing that we do every day as part of our routine, this doesn't really work for me. See, we often prayed during the time when something really interesting was happening on TV. And you can take down that picture. Um, So something really interesting is happening on TV. And I was missing out because, well, my great-grandmother thought it was really important for us all to come together and pray as a family. The other thing that happened was that some of the words that they used were words that I didn't understand, so it never really made much sense to me. So I didn't quite enjoy prayer, and I didn't see the value or the purpose of prayer. So at eight, I decided to inform my family that I would no longer be participating in the daily routine that was family prayer. Now, this was not well received by the grown-ups I was living with, Um, but I must take a lot of ownership and responsibility for that. As you saw, that eight-year-old girl, she was a lot. And earlier that year, I'd also decided that I didn't want to go to church anymore because I had so many questions and nobody had an answer. And until someone was willing to give me an answer, I was done. So I'd stopped going to church, and at this stage, I was deciding that, nope, I'm not gonna pray. So for the sake of peace, and I think mostly their sanity, they just kinda let me coast through prayer times. So prayer time for me often looked like me having my head buried under a blanket as I quietly counted the minutes until someone would finally say amen and we would turn the TV on. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm in Namibia, I'm in college, And I come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and my life is transformed, and it's great. And I got saved in a campus ministry that was full of young people who loved to pray. Those people prayed. I'm talking all night prayers into the morning, the kind of prayers where you'd hear people talking about being mid sleep and waking up still talking in tongues. So it was crazy. It was fiery. It was electric. I loved to observe it. Because I still resented prayer. It never really quite made sense to me, but it was so fun to watch and it was glorious. Took me a couple of months in desire where everyone is enjoying what they are doing for my heart to start to hunger and desire what everyone else was experiencing. So I did what I thought I knew to do. I observed identified someone I liked, and I was like, I am gonna copy you, I'm gonna do exactly what you do, say exactly what you say, and that's gonna be my prayer. That didn't stick, because it didn't feel natural. So again, I'm back in a place where I'm like, this prayer thing probably really just isn't quite for me. But you see, the thing is that in trying to copy and imitate how someone else prayed, I was robbing myself of the experience of learning what my prayer expression was. In trying to copy and imitate the way someone else was praying, I failed to allow the Lord to teach me what ministry to him looked like, what our intimacy and intimate connection one-on-one was supposed to look like. I have since been on a journey of learning and experiencing prayer in a different way, So, with your permission, I would like to offer you my definition of prayer. Do I have permission? Okay, awesome. So, prayer is a place of communion and relational connection. If I can say it in terms of Genesis, prayer is that intimate interaction between God and you as you stroll through life. Prayer is a place of knowing and being known by God, and out of that knowing, expressing it. Prayer is a place of vulnerability, where nothing is off the table, from the expressions of joy and celebration to the gut-wrenching expressions of pain, desire, and hopelessness. Prayer is a place where your heart and your mind formulate and express words reflect what is happening around you, what you desire to happen, what his word says ought to happen. And all of this is done out of a knowledge and an understanding that he is a father who hears, he is a friend who cares, and he is willing and able to respond. So as we go through the scripture today, and learn lessons of prayer from the life and the ministry of Nehemiah, I invite you to personalize it. I invite you to ask yourself, what does it look like for me to experience the fullness of prayer in this season of my life? What does it look like for me to commune with God and to receive all of who he's made me to be and express that? Because your expression of prayer It is needed. Your expression of prayer is wanted. Your expression of prayer is valuable. Your expression of prayer is powerful. Okay, can we pray? Lord Jesus, we exalt and give you glory because you are good and faithful and you are worthy of worship, God. Lord, I thank you for your word I thank you that it is living and active, Lord Jesus, and I ask that this morning you would have your way in our midst, God. I ask that your word would be seed that is planted in our hearts, takes root and grows, Lord Jesus, mighty God. So, Lord, we invite you and we give you permission to be Lord and King and to have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So another story because I love to tell stories. As I prayed and asked the Lord what he wanted to teach us about prayer, I felt him lead and direct to the book of Nehemiah. Now as some of you may know, I am an Old Testament girl through and through. Like I love, love, love the Old Testament. Like all things Old Testament are me. But when it comes to prayer, I'm not often thinking about Nehemiah. So When the Lord brought this up, I was like, Lord, really? The guy who rebuilt the city walls, him, really? Um, But how many of you know that we have a good and faithful leader in our God? And when he says something, it's often best to obey. So eventually, after some resistance, I decided, okay, Lord, let's do this. We're going into the book of Nehemiah. And boy, was my mind blown. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, prayer is a central part of everything that he does. Can I share a few things from the whole book? Okay, in the beginning, Nehemiah received some bad news. Now, when I get bad news, my response is to text one of my girlfriends, call my mom, cry, then pray. Not Nehemiah. He gets bad news, his heart is broken, and he turns to God and he prays. A little while later, Nehemiah is serving his boss, and his boss asks him, Hey, why are you so downcast? What is happening? What do you need? My response would be to say what I need. Nehemiah turns to God, seeks God's wisdom, and then responds. He prays. And then when there's mockery and people making fun of his vision and his efforts, I would go back at them, and we'd have it out. Nehemiah doesn't do that. He brings his worry and the mockery to God, and he allows God to be the one who will vindicate him. And when there's tension, division, and confusion and conflict within the community, Nehemiah turns to God, and he prays. And a few chapters later, after hearing a six-hour sermon, so we're about 30 minutes in, y'all get ready. I'm joking, I won't do that to you. But after hearing about six hours of the the Lord's word and receiving the truth about who God is, the response to the revelation of the true king is to turn to prayer. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, we see that prayer is a prerequisite for success. It is pivotal and important in every situation. In the book of Nehemiah, we see what one praying person can do For an entire nation. Don't you want to be the kind of person who has significant influence and brings change in your sphere of influence, at your work, in your family, at school, wherever you find yourself? Don't you want to be the kind of praying person that changes things? I mean, I know I do. So with that, I'd like to invite you to stand as we dive into one of the prayers that Nehemiah prayed. This is the first prayer in chapter one. And if we can have the scripture projected. So Nehemiah has just received the bad news, and this is how he responds When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that, I have, that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying your commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord... Please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. This is the Lord's word. Amen. You may be seated. So for the next couple of minutes, we're going to take some time to focus specifically on on this prayer that Nehemiah prays after receiving bad news, as we go through it, we'll pull out a few points that we can use as a framework and use to model our own prayers. So, in the beginning, Nehemiah has received these ba- the bad news. Um, his brother Hanani had just made a trip to Jerusalem, and he comes back, and Nehemiah is like, "Well, what's the latest? Like, what's going on? What's up?" And Hanani tells him, "Well, things aren't." really looking great. The city walls haven't been rebuilt. The people aren't living according to God's word. It's just a mess. So Nehemiah's heartbroken. It's, it's not what he was expecting, and it's also not part of what God had promised them. So he has an anticipation of what it ought to look like, and when he hears what he hears, he realizes that there's a misalignment, and his response in that moment is to seek the Lord and to go into prayer. So what we see him doing in the beginning is that he starts by giving worship and glory to God. He says, Oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. So he's in a situation where this is not what I expected, but rather than focusing on the situation itself, He takes a moment to give worship and adoration to who God is. So he's calling forth the nature and the character of God. He's placing God over the situation, over his personal feelings, and he's declaring that, well, this is who I know God to be. He is good. He is faithful. He is awesome. So a starting point in prayer would be to exalt the Lord. What this could look like and sometimes looks like for me is, Lord, I love you. I honor you. And depending on what the situation is, I will pick a character or a characteristic of the person of God and I'll start to declare that as part of my my prayer time. So that's where we start. We start with worship and adoration. The second thing that we see Nehemiah do is that he goes into repentance. Now in this particular story, The children of Israel had received a word and the Lord had told them, if you guys mess up, you're going to be enslaved. So where they are right now, out of captivity, but in a ruined city is as a result of their own sin. And in repentance, Nehemiah is acknowledging that, Lord, what is happening right now is because we messed up. Forgive us. So he's turning away from what it was before and he's redirecting himself towards the face of the Lord and realigning with the purposes of God. So that's what repentance is. It's turning away from the bad that does not align with the word of God and turning to God. And I think sometimes this is one of the more difficult places to, to pray into, at least for myself personally, because I often come into this space not thinking about what I've done, unless I've like done some egregious thing, But I often think, well, you know, I'm doing pretty great, so I don't really think that. But then there's space and room for us to invite the Holy Spirit to highlight if there's anything that's happening that is not pleasing to him. Because that is what sin is, anything that is not pleasing to the Lord. So we often are thinking about the big things that, oh, well, I didn't say something bad to that person, or I didn't, you know, whatever it is. It could be, hey which is my ongoing struggle. Netflix and I are buddies. Like if, if, okay, all my BFFs, Netflix is my first BFF because Netflix and I never have conflict. So Netflix and I are good. Like we're good, good, good. You could leave me at home and I'd be very happy. But the Lord has often brought it to my attention that it is stealing, not only from my time with other people, but it is stealing from my time with him. Now, the shows I watch are like funny comedy shows. So in my mind, I'm like, but I'm not really doing anything bad. No one said anything bad. No one did anything bad. This is pretty good TV. In fact, I think I deserve an award, but (laughs) not to God because it's stealing from his time. And so sometimes repentance looks like me acknowledging that, hey, Lord, you've invited me to a life that has limited access to Netflix. I did not obey that limited access. I gave myself full access for an entire weekend and now here I am. So don't, don't think about it only in the sense of what are the big things, but also think about the small things that the Lord is highlighting in that pursuit of intimacy and deepening relationship with him. So we have worship, adoration, second thing is repentance. The third thing that we see Nehemiah do is that he represents the word of God to God. Now, I'm like, God doesn't forget. So why is he representing the word of God back to God? Like, why does he take the time to recount and say, well, Lord, you said to Moses that if we do this, this will be the result. But if we do this, This will be the second outcome. And the importance and the value of that is he's almost like putting a demand on the word of God, right? So God is faithful to his word. We know that the word of the Lord does not return to him void. So once God speaks something, all of creation and everything surrounding starts to work in formation to fulfill what God has said. So when we start to put a demand on God's word, we're pretty much saying that, well, Lord, you've said that this is going to happen, so I am putting a demand on creation to start to respond. Everything ought to be turning into alignment for the fulfillment of that word. So in our situations or in our prayer time, that could look like specific promises God has spoken to you and recalling those, like, Lord, you told me that I have the mind of Christ. So in this situation, I I have the mind of Christ. Like, I I am above what is happening, right? So we recount and we retell the word of God to him. And then the fourth and final thing that we see Nehemiah do in the scripture is that he has a specific ask. He makes it clear what he's asking God for. In his situation, he's about to go and serve the king because he was the king's cupbearer. And so he says, Lord, when I go before the king, May I find favor? So it is clear what he's asking the Lord for. So the fourth thing is make a clear ask. So we have four things. One, worship and adoration. The second is repentance. The third is representing the word of God back to God. And the fourth is having a clear ask. Now, I know I've given you a lot of information. So we're going to take a moment to pause right here. And those four things are going to be projected on the screen. And in this pause, I invite you to ask the Lord, which of these four, Lord, are you inviting me to do in my personal time of prayer? It could be one, it could be two, it could be three, it could be all four of them. But just take a moment to sit with the Lord and ask, where are you inviting me to grow in my personal prayer life? And so we'll have two minutes And then I'll call everyone back. Amen. Um, If you need to continue to linger and be in the presence of the Lord, please feel free to take that time and continue having that conversation. Um, However, I do encourage you to find someone to share whatever the Lord highlighted to you in this time of quiet and being present with him. I invite you and encourage you to share it with someone, one, for accountability and to have encouragement and to have people walking alongside of you, but to to also reinforce that this is something that is personal, this is something that you're taking ownership of, and you're not doing it alone. So having shared all that I've shared, um, I'd like to bring us to a bit of a close that includes some active participation from everyone. In this next couple of minutes, what we're going to do is break up into small groups of three. And in our small groups of three, we'll each receive a handout that includes a scripture, a prayer point, um, and some prompts that you can use to pray. So what we want to do is to take some time and corporately pray the Word of God as a body. So there's specific areas of focus that are highlighted in this handout. However, you're not limited to only praying this. So what we're doing for the next couple of minutes is putting a demand on God's word. It's already written, and we know that all of creation is currently working together for the fulfillment of God's purposes and promises. And so what we're doing is coming alongside what God has already said and asking for that fulfillment to come in our generation and in our time. So in small groups of three, we'll do this for about five minutes, and then we'll come back and wrap up our service. Um, And there's handouts going around. Thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt what I know is meaningful time praying the word together but I'd like to invite your attention back Um I hope that time was encouraging and inspiring Um, but also just reaffirming that this is something that all of us can do. We can all pick up the scripture and we can pray the word. Now, earlier I started to share my story and my journey of prayer um, and the different hurdles that came up as I, I went through the different stages and processes of coming to an understanding or learning, a continued learning of what prayer was. But, Eventually, after a few years of being part of the campus ministry, I realized that what I was trying to do was not going to work. So in a moment of desperation, and I guess just sheer frustration during a worship service, I finally raised my hand and I told the Lord, well, I am only ever going to be me. This is all there is. And so with all of who I am, I bring myself. And I didn't know that that's all the Lord wanted. He only ever wanted me to be me. He's only ever wanted you to be you. Because you were fashioned and created in the image of God. And that brings him great joy and great delight. And that is enough. Who you are in Christ Jesus is enough. So as we were praying, I felt it impressed in my heart that there may be some of us in the room who are like, well, I've tried this prayer thing, I've hoped, I've been persistent, but nothing's really ever come out. And I want to acknowledge the pain and the frustration that comes from that place of persistence, and waiting on the Lord. But in acknowledging that, I also want to encourage you to come and find fresh hope and refreshment. So if you're in that place, and if you've experienced that hopelessness or frustration, or you're just like, this is not going to work for me, I invite you to reach out to someone and receive some prayer. And then the second group of people is anyone who's like, well, I want to do more of this. I want the fire and the passion of prayer to be stirred up in my heart, and I want it to be a part of my lifestyle. Please also feel free to reach out to someone, turn to your neighbor someone around you. People would be more than willing to pray with you and to stand with you together. So thank you so much for taking this journey and participating in prayer with us and me this morning and I'd like to wrap up the service by praying. Um, and I am an African, so prayer often does not have demarcations of how much time you're allowed. So as I thought that I would pray, I looked at the clock, and I, I, I had to ask myself, well, how much time can I really go? Well, then I got, okay, I, it won't be six hours, I promise. <laughs> be six hours but I do invite you to respond in whatever Mm -hmm. way feels natural for you whatever way you feel most engaged standing kneeling sitting standing on the chairs I don't know I'm joking (laughs) whatever feels natural to you please feel free to respond in that way Lord Jesus we exalt and we honor your name Lord we thank you for your openness to encounter and relate with us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Heavenly Father, that you have made yourself available to us, Lord God, that we can boldly approach your throne, Lord Jesus, and receive from you, Lord Heavenly Father. I thank you that because you gave your Son, there is nothing that you withhold from us, Lord Jesus. So Father, I ask that this morning a full message of your presence would be poured out in our midst Lord Jesus mighty God that places of hopelessness and dryness would be washed by your streams of living water Lord Jesus mighty God that you would restore and refresh dead places Lord Jesus mighty God Father we ask that the dead things would rise Lord Jesus things that we've put to the back burner places where we've lost hope and we've decided it will never happen God would you re? And match in those places, and we'll be burned with the Spirit, Lord Jesus, mighty God. And Father, I ask that you would restore minds in our body this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would bring healing and restoration to minds, Lord Heavenly Father, that bodies would be restored, Lord God, that anything that is not in alignment with you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it would be aligned right now, Lord Heavenly Father, mighty God. Father, we ask for provision from the storehouses of heaven, Lord Jesus, mighty God, that there would be no lack, Lord Jesus, but that we would taste and see of your goodness here in the land of the living, Lord Jesus, mighty God. Lord, I ask that you would restore broken relationships, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to bring families together, Lord God, that you would be the one who unites, your people together Lord Jesus mighty God Lord I ask that you would do mighty and great things in our midst God that it would erupt forth that it would burst forth Lord Jesus and that we would be those that know and understand the times and respond to them accordingly Lord Jesus mighty God so Lord have your way Lord Jesus come Lord come and minister to our hearts Lord Jesus mighty God come your way Lord Jesus mighty God. Come Lord, come and establish your kingdom amongst us Lord Jesus mighty God. We thank you, we thank you in advance for your faithfulness God. We thank you in advance for your fulfillment Lord God. We thank you in advance for the yes and the amen that you've spoken over us.